Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen as Pastor Ward brings today's message from God's Word. Chapter number 28. For a few moments, and then don't forget we're having uh, dinner on the grounds here after we conclude the service here in just a little bit. Matthew chapter number 28, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 1. Now, you've already heard the whole story, but we'll read it for just a moment. Verse number 1, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher, with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Verse number 10, Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they may go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Well, we'll hold up our reading for there at this point. I want to I think about the little phrase that you're so common and uh, is common to you and you're well you know, aware of it, uh, found in verse number 6. I think we have it out on the sign, Christ arose. Uh, we've sung about that this morning, how that he got up out of the grave on the third day. He is not here, for he is risen. And so our very simple title this morning is this. He is risen. He is risen. Now there's some things that we learn from the resurrection. I want to go over two or three things by the way of introduction, then give you two or three very simple thoughts this morning, and we'll conclude with the invitation. Uh, What does all of this mean? What does it mean? This matter of Jesus, (coughs) he had prophesied, it was prophesied in the Old Testament as well, that he would come and he'd minister and then he'd go to Calvary and he would give his life and shed his life's blood for uh, the sins of all the world. Uh, He'd be buried in a tomb and on the third day he would get up out of that tomb and then a few days later he would ascend back up in heaven. That's the life and the ministry of Jesus in a capsule. And I think that this is the part of his ministry that, that serves the Christian faith I'm thankful for all the miracles that he has done. 
And the church ought to say amen because we've seen so many miracles. And I'm thankful for uh, the wonderful things that he has done. He's, he's saved the lost and reclaimed the backslidden. Uh, he's raised people from the dead. And I'm so thankful for and, and, and shed uh, good words and, and good hope and had great teaching and healing and so on and so forth. But I think the most wonderful thing is that Jesus got up out of the grave. And that just kind of puts a seal of approval. And that, that just kind of lets the world know that he is who he said he was, the Savior of all the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the one that got up out of the grave. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you don't have to believe some Baptist creed or some Baptist thought or doctrine or, or something Grandma said or something Grandpa said or something the pastor said. You believe that Jesus got up out of the grave. That's what he said. And confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believing that he got up out of the grave. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the central thought of our salvation. It's not based, and we... We're Baptists. We believe in baptism. But I want to tell you up front, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, it comes after you've been saved. Believe and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. Every time you see baptism in relationship to salvation, it always follows, the baptism always follows the belief, the repent, and the trust, or whatever you want to call it this morning. And so it is so important today. As we gather, it's not just a time to put on our nice clothes and come and sing the songs, and it's not just time to kind of spruce up the churchyard. We've had folk out here working, doing yard work and putting out straw and working in flower beds and cleaning and, and getting the gym ready, and the ladies have been cooking, and uh, it's, it's, uh, that's part of it for us. But I tell you, the, the key part of it all this morning is to focus that Jesus got up out of the grave. And without that, it's all in vain. If he didn't get up out of the grave, we might as well turn these, this ball field into a, a cornfield or a tobacco patch. We might as well just take this building and take everything out of it, turn it into a barn or a silo if Jesus didn't get up out of the grave. I've spent 45 years of my life pastoring, 40, almost 42 years here, and it's all in vain if Jesus didn't get up out of the grave. I'd have been better off to stay with General Motors. I'd have been better off to move to Michigan and, uh, and work with General Motors, but I tell you, I believe, and uh, the fact is that Jesus got up out of the grave. And so everything has, it has importance. Everything is pertinent this morning based on the idea or the reality that he got up out of the grave. Let me give you these things very quickly. What does, it, what does it mean? Number one, it proves that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. That Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to these verses in John chapter number 10. You don't even have to turn there. We'll probably have them on the screen for you. In John 10, 17 and 18, listen to these words. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. 
I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received from, it proves that Jesus is the Son of God. That's key. That's paramount this morning, that Jesus, number one, is the Son of God. But let's move on quickly this morning. Not only does it prove that Jesus is the Son of God, but secondly, it confirms the Scripture to be the Word of God. And, uh, and so now we have record in the Old Testament and record in the New Testament. We have the, the picture and the story, and Jesus even made reference to it. He said, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. And so now all of that is brought together in the scripture. If you look there with me in the book of 1 Corinthians, he makes mention of it there. It confirms the scripture. Listen to these words. Is the word of God. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1. The gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Listen by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse number three. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Look in verse number four. And that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And so we have this matter that it proves that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. Make no mistake about it. Secondly, it confirms the Scripture to be the Word of God. Here's the third one. It assures our future resurrection. I've, um, I've been to a lot of funerals in my 45 years in the ministry. I've conducted a lot of funerals in my 45 years in the ministry. I've, I've uh, conducted funerals where the casket was not much bigger than a size 13 shoebox. And uh, then I've, I've, uh, I've conducted funerals where it was a teenager. I've conducted funerals where it was a very old person. I think the oldest one was just recently uh, when um, my, my wife's aunt has passed away and... Um, and I conducted her funeral, 95, 96, 97 years old. But I'm saying to you ladies and gentlemen this morning, we, we are sure because Jesus got up out of the grave, the old songwriter put it like this, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen, because he lives, I'll live again. One of these days, the Lord Terry is coming. Everybody that's in this building, we got an appointment. It's appointed unto man once to die. And will that'll happen to us or either the Lord will come again. You're going to meet that appointment. But I'm glad that I can go to that grave and I'm not in any hurry. I love life. I'm not waiting to get on the next bus load to go to heaven or anything along that line. I'm not ready to buy a ticket. I love life too much. I'm enjoying life. Brother Harrelson and I, we were talking about it maybe Friday afternoon. We are just talking about how good God is and how good life is. And, and if you don't spend all your time watching the news, you can kind of uh, have your attitude adjusted a little bit if you just think about how good God is. And for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so it assures our resurrection. This is what Paul said about it in 1 Thessalonians. 
chapter number 4 and in verse number 13. But I would not have you ignorant, my brethren, concerning them as far as the child of God is concerned, them which are asleep. That's what he likens death for the child of God. The Bible said in the book of Acts about David, the psalmist, he said that David served his generation and fell asleep. And that's what will happen to you if you know Christ as your Savior. You'll just fall asleep one day and that you are not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, here it is again, and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, and that's, that's a pretty reputable source, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, if it were to happen today, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. First of all, we see that it proves that Jesus is the Son of God. Number two, it confirms the scripture is the word of God. Number three, it assures our future resurrection. Let me give you two more of these. I have several of them. Number four, it declares there will be a future judgment. I gave you part of Romans, uh, Hebrews 9.27 a few moments ago. As an appointed unto man wants to die, and I, I pause there because I want to save that for here. And after this, the judgment. After this, the judgment, I heard someone just, just talking recently within the last few days about, you know, how that Jesus died, that everybody could go to heaven. Well, that, there's truth in that. But uh, there's, some, there's some, uh, some other factors that are involved in it. And, and I know that we think that everybody goes to heaven, but the reality of it is that everybody doesn't go to heaven. The reality is. And uh, folk, we'll, there'll be a judgment one day. You, you may not meet all the appointments in life. You might be late for your doctor's appointment. You might be late for Sunday school. You might be late for work. You might be late for your wedding. You might, but you won't be late for your appointment to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You will stand before Him one day. And my question on this Lord's Day morning, are you ready for not only does it prove that he's the son of God, it confirms the scripture as the word of God. It assures our future resurrection, but as much as we have those three positive things, there's a negative involved, and not everybody's going to tell you that, but I'm bound to do it. It declares a future judgment. Listen to these words, Acts 17 and verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Look at it on the screen. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Not good works, not good deeds, not church membership, not tithing records, or anything else, but that they'll be judged according or in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he raised him from the dead. And I can tell you this morning, Christ is 
our righteousness. It's, the Bible says about my personal righteousness and everyone in the room and everyone passing by, you can see the cars passing by on the highway out there, that all of our righteousness are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And so there's this matter of an appointed day of judgment and that by the righteousness you see, you're not going to have to measure up to me or your spouse or, or some Billy Graham or, or the Pope or anybody along that line. It's a matter of measuring up to who Jesus Christ is. I hope you see that. I'm so thankful for that Sunday morning. And I can't, I can't get away from it, so I might as well go ahead and talk about it for just a moment right here. My brother, my, old, my older brother, my only brother, uh, he had, um, the uh, bus workers, the bus workers had come through our neighborhood. I was raised right down here. You can see Ward Avenue when you, when you head back toward, just before you get to the creek, you'll see uh, Ward Avenue on the, on the right there. And I, I was raised around Hutchison Street and, uh, and lived on Ward Avenue from time to time. But anyhow, uh, we were living on Pittman Street in that neighborhood at that time. We were married, my wife and I. My brother was, uh, they lived right there beside us. And, um, and, and, the bus, and the bus people from Victory Baptist Church had been going through the neighborhoods like our, our people do so faithfully. I tell you, the bus ministry really pays off. If I were to ask for a raise of hands this morning, how many people directly or indirectly got saved through the bus ministry, you'd be amazed in this auditorium. You'd be amazed. They came through and, and uh, Gloria Kelly invited my brother and his wife and they had three or four kids at the time, two or three kids at the time, and uh, to come to church. And they came to church that Easter Sunday morning, my brother, and he heard the gospel for the first time. We were not raised in church. We weren't raised in Sunday school. And on that Sunday morning, he heard the gospel and responded to it, came to an old-fashioned altar and experienced Holy Ghost conviction. And somebody, I don't know if it's a pastor or another worker in the church got there with him and unfolded a Bible and, and showed him in the scripture what he had to do to be saved and have his sins forgiven. And he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. The pastor said, now you need to be baptized. And he said, when can I? And he said, well, the water's full now. We don't have it heated up, but it's full. And so they carried him in his suit and baptized him. And he came out soaking wet and he came home and he got on the phone or either came by our house and said, you got to come go with me next Sunday. And I came to church that next Sunday. Easter would have been a week earlier than it is this year. And uh, I heard the gospel for the first time and got saved. I'm ready. I am ready. I heard one old fellow, he said, I'm so saved it's pitiful. <laughs> And so all of this comes from the resurrection of our Lord. It proves that he is the Son of God. It proves, the, it confirms the scripture, it assures our future resurrection. It declares a future judgment. And then it gives power. It provides power for the Christian life. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. Power for the Christian life. 
have this nice family visiting with us over here this morning, all the way from Canada. And uh, we probably won't be able to visit you, but we probably won't be able to. I saw them filling out a visitor's card and everything. We will send them a note. But, uh, but you know, I could, when I was over there shaking hands and talking with them just before the service, you could just kind of feel a connection there. Amen. Well, kind of like a kind of like we feel in this crowd. I tell you, we're here for one reason, and that's to worship and praise Him and glorify Him. It's not big eyes and little U's. It's not about what you drive or how you dress, but it's about do you know Him? I'd have never made it all these years had it not been that He provides the power. I've had people to tell me in, in a personal witnessing to them, they say, Pastor Ward said, I just, I, I just don't think I could live it. I don't think I can either. Matter of fact, I'm quite sure I couldn't live it. But by the power of God, we are promised, and this all comes from the resurrection. Listen to this verse. I'm not going to just tell you something, not give you a verse. Just because it sounds good, the power for the Christian life. I like that song. I think the Johnson family sang it. And um, uh, I, I think of Colbert Croft, Joyce, uh, wrote it uh, from down here in Jasper. Brother Colbert's home with the Lord now. But I can't walk without Jesus, and I can't talk without Jesus, and I refuse. Are you listening to me? You can't make it without Listen to this verse, and we're, we're not even going to get to the message this morning. Romans 6, 4 said these words. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should, look at this, walk in a newness of life. If it were not for him, I'd be living the same life I lived before. I'd, be, I'd still be living for self. I'd still be, there's no telling where I'd be. I'd probably be in hell with a broken back now. Had it not been for that day, April the 20th, 1972, 50 years ago, this coming Wednesday, I believe. Had it not been for that date, that moment, that time, down here at 303 Pittman Street, in a 12 by 44 new moon mobile home, I got down on my knees beside the couch and asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me, and he did. We'd be baptized, a couple of our young men tonight. And uh, part of this matter of the baptism is such a beautiful picture of the death and burial and, re death, burial and resurrection, how that he died and that he was buried and then he rose again the third day, but for you and for me, that we've died to the old man or woman, to the old life, and that we've been buried with Christ in baptism, and that we're raised to walk in the newness. We're not going to be perfect. There's a lot of unsaved people live better than a lot of Christian people do, a lot better than I do. There's, there's unsaved people. I mean, they, and, uh, and that can happen. There, there's people who, 
They don't know him as Lord, but they obey the things that he says to do. They don't know him. They've never been saved, but they still believe, uh, they still do, they, they believe in the golden rule and, and thou shalt not kill and thou shalt not steal, the Ten Commandments and so on and so forth. And they believe in doing unto others as you'd have them to do, and they're good people. But it's not a judgment of goodness. It's a judgment of righteousness. And without Jesus Christ, there's nothing. There's not, I'm six foot four, 205 pounds, and there's not one ounce of righteousness in me. Not one gram of righteousness in me. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Calvary. I... I can't take any compliments. It's just because of him. I love Victory Baptist Church. I've sweat. I've bled. I've given. The last 42 years of my life, not counting four other years of my life before that, to this church and this ministry. And I love this place, and I love these people. And it's a good church. If I lived within 60 miles of this church, it's where I'd have my membership. I would. I'd drive one hour. The Deacles do. They've been doing that how many years? 30 years or whatever. They live way over yonder in Megs. Oh, way over in Megs. You're looking at me. Where in the world is Megs? Well, it's way over yonder. I know that. But it's not because of the church. As much as I love the church, I just give him the praise. He did it all for me. And I'm just a beneficiary of what he did when he died and was buried and rose again the third day. Hanging on that cross with his arms open wide saying, Whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. If I be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. There's somebody that loves you more than the church loves you. There's somebody that loves you more than your mom and daddy loves you. And that's him. He is risen. Well, we got through the introduction. He is risen. Would you stand with us for prayer and song? These altars are open for you for whatever reason. If you'd love someone to pray with you, we'll love. Uh, assign someone to do that. The altars are open this morning. You come as the Holy Spirit has dealt with your heart. We invite you to come.